Coopcast, Episode 7. You! Hey, Rippers. So you're a beginner surfer, huh? Or perhaps you're already pro. But do you know what a kook is? Well, there's many things that will qualify you for that title, like putting your fins in backwards or not subscribing to this show. In this episode, I visit the Kook House and talk with the two Mikes who started local surf school to talk about teaching surfing and all the kookiness that ensues therein. If you've ever kooked it, or just like to laugh when other people do, stick around because this podcast is just for you. If you haven't realized by now, us surfers love to spot a kook. But don't stress it, because we all kook it at some point. So grab onto your foamy and get ready to learn. The Kookcast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom, one story at a time, and hopefully offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris, from the surf training and education program, The Surf Continuum, where I work personally and virtually with all types of surfers to cultivate proper technique, fundamental skills, and education on how to read waves so you can surf for life. Join me as I dive into the murky ocean waters of Rockaway Beach, just a subway ride away from the city that never sleeps. It's, it's such a trip coming here, I gotta tell you. It's what an unlikely place to have a surf school. So we started the school and uh, the idea kind of blossomed in 2011, but by 2012, Mike and I had a full-on surf school in Rockaway. It started off as a, you know, smaller operation, of course. It's only a... <laughs> It was only me and him really just doing every lesson, so we'd be out there from as early as like 7 a.m. to coming home until, you know, 8 p.m. at night. Mm, exhausting, familiar. yeah, exhausting. But it was great, you know. We're doing something we love and... Uh, so you took on, uh, so you have a team now of instructors. Yeah, yeah. we have, we have uh, you know, rotating staff. It, it, you know, like, like Mike said, when we first started, it was Mike and I wearing all the hats, like doing everything, mm-hmm. exhausting ourselves. That was good, you know, we really like learned every in and out of our business and how it would run for the future and now we've worked it our way up to the point where we have maybe year round like four or five consistent guys that we, you know, work with and uh, have teach our lessons and then it, it flexes up pretty high in the summertime when we're busiest and uh, although we'll never have this many people out there at once, we'll probably have as many as 20 different guys and gals that we can hit up for, uh, you know, to come teach. So. Our busiest is like probably like around 10 instructors out there on the beach on like the busiest of days, you know? Wow. Um, but consistent staff, probably about 20, you know? They don't they don't all work every day of the week. It depends, as you know, like seasonally and when lessons are and things like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, we're staffed up quite a bit. Yeah, that's surfing, you know? Like you got to be on it when the waves are there and when they're not there, you try to get other things done so you're ready for the next swell. Exactly. Cool. Um, and then so inevitably, while learning to surf and of course while teaching surfing, there are some kooky things that happen. The worst, the, the thing that I hated the most was getting the leash wrap. You guys, oh, man. Oh my is that not the <laughs> worst have, thing that happened? It's no funny, we just, had, we just had guys come out this past weekend and it was so intense. It was like east swell, howling winds and we had these, these two outings, these poor girls that were such good sports and like... They're expected to have this like sunny weather and you know like great day to do yoga on the beach and man they just got the opposite it was so windy desert storm like on the beach and uh we just went for it and they were good sports about it and it was also like our first day to train a few new guys and uh they killed it you know it could have gone so much worse but um all of them got leashed that day and what a day to get leashed because you know it was like three or four foot surf and solid you know <laughs> yeah. i remember i was out really next to the, one of the new guys which one it was uh it was Joey. Oh, calling him out. Joey. <laughs> uh, he, he admitted it. Joey Mintz. Yeah. 
he didn't even know what happened. The fucking board <laughs> flew and then just took a halt. I think he kind of just jerked his like, I was like, dude, you got leashed, man. Yeah. It was literally right around his shoulder. I mean, oh, thankfully, like... That's bad. I feel like a lot of guys, they're, you know, they're on the stand surfing and wiping out. So as soon as that happened, he kind of like, you know... They know how to respond. You, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah he responds yeah, really well to that, so... Well, the, the real expertise is when you anticipate it before it happens, of oh course. My God. Well, and you're like getting your leg oh, out of the yeah. loop oh, while yeah, you're yeah. still... <laughs> That's why I take the leash. I kind of take it, I throw it over there, then I'm like, okay, you're on your way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, eventually it doesn't happen to you anymore. I mean, but... I've had it on my neck before. I mean, <laughs> somehow, I don't know how it gets over there, but... Yes, yeah, Going on their way, maybe, and then you don't realize and... Oh, that's funny. It, yeah, it can kill you, that thing. Jeez. We had, we had a student one time, I mean... Damn, this guy it was one of our first students. Uh, he won't be named, uh, but he is a character. We love this guy. And he likes to come to his lessons sometimes, a little bit maybe an altered state, you know oh what I mean? Oh, my God, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, This is probably about the best story. And uh, he's such a goofy guy, and my brother, who's an amazing instructor, was teaching him. Uh, and every time, uh, let's just say his name is Joe, every time he came back after he was like, great wave, Joe, just stop grabbing your leash. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, my bad, and then go back out. <laughs> Same thing. All right, great wave. Stop grabbing your leash. And he's got this big, like, 10-foot board or some shit like that, right? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and man, he just kept grabbing that leash to the point where, like, even my brother saying it just didn't matter because, you know, one time he grabbed it, wave came, and it freaking broke his finger off, In dude. Half. In half. In half. He came like, up. Like, no, I couldn't no. even react. He showed me. My brother was like, Mike, emergency. <laughs> I looked at the guy's hand. I didn't even have time to be like, oh, my God. I was just like, you... Hospital now. What his he, finger wait, was. So he talking? drove himself to the hospital. Not even. Not even. Ambulance. No, he went to he went to uh, St. John's in Far yeah. Rockaway, which you know. He honestly, drove himself there though. He drove himself, one hand up, and then he went in there, and it was such a shitty hospital. Like they were, like he said, it was just such a mess. Someone came in for a gunshot, and like he was just trying to get admitted, and they were just being so like terrible about it that he basically he got left. to the point where he like took you know the needles out of his arm, got up, and said, "I'm leaving." He checked himself out. Drove to the Upper East Side with his hand above the steering wheel just to keep the blood, you know, oh. in his body, and straight to like, you know, Mount Sinai or something like that, and got, you know, uh, emergency surgery. And it's a good thing he did because he was out there within, I swear to God, like three weeks. We're teaching a lesson. All of a sudden, this goofy bastard is paddling out on a boogie board with his whole arm wrapped up yes. in like plastic bags. We're like, what the hell? What are you doing? And he's like, guys, what's up? He waves his like plastic bag, casted arm. We're like, dude. You- you're awesome and helpless at the same time, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's, that's what can happen when you get leashed. But yeah. Oh, that's classic. That's probably the worst story I've heard about getting leashed. So he was, wait, so if I understand correctly, he was grabbing his own leash? Yeah, he wasn't He wasn't an instructor, like, pushing a, yeah, uh, yeah. a student, but yeah, he yeah. just was he's grabbing a leash. On the inside, you know? like probably trying, He was probably trying to be responsible, yeah, so actually, and, like, keep his board close to him. Imagine, like, this finger, yeah. and then two, two ropes going this in the middle and kind of just separated it oh yeah he was he was being good like he was trying you know we try to teach our students the most we can about like grabbing your board not letting it fly out and uh, you know there's always so many times you can tell some people some things before it clicks or it doesn't and like i just said tell him a thousand times it's good to grab his leash and not like fly out but you got to grab your board too at some point you can't just keep hanging onto the leash as you're jumping over waves which is what he was doing and ever since he was jumping over waves they just kept pulling pulling eventually lost his grip grabbed his finger and then i see goodbye oh we feel like teaching lessons is like driver's ed, you know, when, when you're when behind the wheel with the instructor, you're going to drive your best, and then the moment that guy's out of the car, you're, you're going to drive like a maniac and give a fuck about the rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's all chaos from there. Well, dealing with people is tough. I mean, anywhere you go, especially like in a place like Rockway or even, you know, Montauk gets crowded because uh, there's just so many things that could go wrong or surfing such a selfish sport too. Everyone just wants their way that everyone can get aggro sometimes, rightfully so, sometimes not. So, you know, for us, we struggle with 
you know, for the you know most part, it's honestly like it's not crowded at all. People always love to talk about crowds in Rockaway, and there's so many days out of the year that we're just out there, like today, we're by and we're by ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we have a lot of space out here, especially before a certain time of day. Like you can surf any beach you want before ten o'clock. Yeah. Once the lifeguards get on, then mm-hmm. you're kind of allocated to certain areas. But even in those areas, there's still so much space. Yeah. Do so you guys spread out like that? Do you kind of like scope out yeah. some waves yeah. and like yeah. move around? Mm-hmm. How do you deal? How do you deal with like having so many clients coming and students, and then being like, oh, okay, we're gonna be over here. No, yeah. actually, this street. Well, yeah. no, we have like a our, our landing spot, but we'll go like a beach over here or a beach over there. Oh, all right. On, like, so you migrate from yeah, we're not moving like a mile. Oh, we, we have we have like a five block radius where we yeah. can move you know, east to west, and but it, sometimes it's tough, like the days that it's uh, July, Saturday, it's sunny out, and the waves are two to three feet, you know, everyone and their, their uncle is out there trying to surf, uh, you know, so sometimes like we have to struggle to find uh, space out there, and we do our best to break our groups up into smaller groups, uh, to, like privates are never really an issue, but uh, for example, like when we have a private, you know, that it's, it's, it's a struggle where like the private students use a little better, and they want to score the better waves, but we still have to you know, keep in mind that we can't really keep them on the peak next to the rock jetties because that's where maybe any decent surfers are. So we then have to paddle out, scope it out. If there's guys who are good, you know, stay on the shoulder. If they're not, well, then we'll paddle up to the peak too, you know. Mm-hmm. But for the groups, we do our best to keep them away from anywhere like the better surfers are. Uh, and then uh, if we have a big group, just break them up into smaller units, send a few here, send a few there. And it's a lot of coordinating that Mike and I have to do to like make sure like this friend group is staying near this friend group and that this person who's late is going out into the water with the right group that they were supposed to be assigned with. And then you get out there and then there's guys who are good who, you know, obviously want their space. And sometimes it's hard to just stay out of their way. And sometimes like there's guys who think they're good and they're like, they're barking their, you know, their heads off. Like they're, those are the biggest kooks. Those are the the biggest kooks. Intermediates. Yeah. I I was just going to, you guys just nailed it on the head right there. I was going to get to a question eventually where it's like, what is a kook to you? And is, is being a beginner automatically being a kook? No, definitely not. They're just negligent, you know, like everyone. Definitely not. Right. Right. And I, in my opinion, the biggest kooks are the guys who think more of themselves than yeah. they should. Yeah. Listen, we've all been kooks at some point in some way, right? But uh, yeah, it's definitely a mentality. It's not so much a level thing. Like, right. uh, we have we have some students who are total beginners, but they're like they're respectful, they're understanding, they're even like scared to go out there by themselves because they don't want to mess up anything. Right. And then there's there's guys who are fucking rip, and they just like are decent people, and they just say ah whatever. They chalk up a crowded day to just that, and they just you know they just get on with it you know but we see a lot out here now the uh like the four-year kook the five-year kook where like they've been surfing long enough now that they can like sort of ride a groveler or like mm-hmm. this beefy shortboard they call it a shortboard and and uh, they think they know enough about like surfing and this and that that they can like start barking and calling people off waves and man those are the biggest kooks out there um and uh they're, they're the toughest to deal with you know especially because uh, as like let's we were just like local dudes surfing man we would just you scream right back at them and make sure they didn't get away. But as business owners, we got to make sure everyone's happy. So we just swallow our pride and just try to do our best to say like, all right, sorry, man. Like, just keep in mind, you know, everyone's out here, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, we just got to save face and do what we can. But those For are the sure. biggest kooks, man. That's definitely one of the toughest parts I find with myself, too, is because, so you, like you said, you got to balance the business aspect of it with also your personal experience. Like mm-hmm. you put your time in. You've been out there for years, and you got this guy mm-hmm. who's been surfing five years. Yeah, we we grew up here, man. And there's and there's so many people who just like blew in from God knows where, and like they live in Brooklyn now, and you know, and they they surf Rockaway, you know, ten times a year, and like whatever, good for them. But like, don't act like you have any right to be like calling people out and this and that, you know. 
Yeah, that's a tough balance. So it sounds like you guys are, you know, obviously you're doing the right thing. You can't run a good business if you're just yelling, yelling at people yeah, too, yeah. you know. Maybe when we were younger, we were probably a little more of a savage, but as we got older, we <laughs> yeah, just, that's definitely true. Yeah, yeah. We've yeah, caught yeah. so many waves. I don't give a fuck anymore. It's like yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, idea. I'll just do a lap around you if I have to. Yeah. Oh right, my right. god, it's that's yeah, the best. Like, I just tell myself, winter's coming. Winter's yeah. coming. Yeah. <laughs> like no one, no one of these, like none of these people right now are complaining in the winter. It's all right. just like. You know, May to September when it's crowded. Yeah, right, exactly. right. Everyone's, it's all these people. Well, I wonder where they get this entitlement from. Like, they don't yeah. surf for five months, and then all of a sudden they show up. And, it's and it's insane. It's yeah. so weird. It's insane. And as much as, like, like Mike said, as much as we'd like to call them out, we just keep our mouth shut, we smile, and then we go just get barreled out of our minds in the winter or whatever. You know, yeah, when yeah. I mean, dude, there's been so many days. This past winter was, it was so epic. And mm-hmm. so many days, me and Mike just had a jetty to ourselves, just trading waves. Uh, you know, and no one else around. And uh, there's times like that in the summer too. I mean, like we're almost summer, and it wasn't epic today, but there was like some fun little one, two footers that all these like semi beginners should have been practicing on. But where were they? You know, not around because it was maybe a little cloudy, yeah. maybe the wind red was not conditions. perfect. Yeah, not the perfect day. And yeah, so, red conditions are my favorite. <laughs> that's my that's my favorite. I got uh, my whole team. Yeah, like now, you know. Um, I got their whole mindset on red conditions, you know, because everybody looks at that forecast. Red means like, go. <laughs> yeah, it's, for exactly. Us, yeah. Red means go for surf instructors and, and for beginners. It should at least. Red, green, blue. Are you serious? In yeah. an ocean where there's more than three dynamics, yeah, yeah. how can you possibly categorize the ocean conditions as one, two, or three? Yeah. But most of all, I try to I try to teach that there is no bad conditions for beginners except too big. Yeah. You know, yeah, but if, you, if there's white water, you should be out there yeah, practicing totally. your stand-up. Practice yeah. catching those yeah. white waters. Don't be out there sitting with the regular surfers in the lineup trying to mm-hmm. catch one or two waves a session. Catch a million insiders, you know? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. don't get me started on that. If you wait for that because, perfect day, you'll never be out there. You know? Right, right. Especially where we live, at least. And I, I find that a lot of beginners adopt that experienced surfer mentality where they're like, oh, it's not good today. Oh, mm-hmm. it's not good. Yeah. It's like... You're never gonna learn like that because yeah, I don't know about you guys. When I was a grom, I was out there any chance yeah. I got. Well, I remember when there was no surf line, at least for Rockaway, there was just. I used to call uh, Unsound. Yeah, oh that's, my god, that's, what I got. that's so funny. I remember yeah. that. Holy call shit! Call the recording yeah, machine. Yeah, guess what? The days it was really good. Like so, they didn't update the surf report guess that day. You know, so I lived on the. I used to live in a building on the first floor, so I would call the guy, one of my friends' uncles, who live on the twelfth floor. So we'd see the <laughs> whole ocean like perfect. Yeah, same thing. We tell our students all the time. These surf forecasts are. Uh, are rated for an experienced surfer and and still like an experienced surfer knows better than to just like see yeah red green blue or whatever i mean you know there could be a decent like little ground swell and it says like southwest winds but like seven miles an hour and also that gets the red well southwest isn't so bad here it can make some for some really fun ramps and if the tide is right and the swell is there under anything under like seven miles an hour is still kind of clean you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. We help our students to explain that. And I know when I was a kid, I, I kind of just like wish, you know, wishfully thought that it was just going to be offshore every day. And I thought like, oh, why couldn't it be just like Hawaii or California where it's just like good all the time. And then once I got over that and started just surfing all the shit, and then I realized, okay, there's so many chances to actually practice and get better and, and have fun, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I would even now still take a day where it's like kind of like onshore and punchy and... Mm-hmm. And where you can like do some punts or turns and, and just nobody's out because everyone thinks it's, it's shit, you know what I mean? So we kind of help our students realize exactly what you just said too, is that there's really no bad day for a beginner unless uh, it's too rough, you know? Right, right. Just too rough is the only like kind of, you know, breaking point. But um, <clears throat> red, green, blue, it's such a poor way to describe the surf, you know? And 
and and there's been and how many red days have you surfed where actually I would have call, called it green. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, I mean, if you're going to be put in that box, yeah, I would have been like, shit, it's only five miles an hour on shore. This is epic. And now it's making these little crumbly sections yeah. that yeah, you yeah. have to, to do your little maneuvers off of. And We get a, we get the opposite too, though. We get um, like a travel surfer who may have gone on a trip, learned in Costa Rica where it was like absolutely pristine, perfect conditions for learning. Mm. They learned on arguably maybe some like three to four occasional five foot faces. Uh, and they probably got a good experience. They come back and they're stoked and they call us like, hey, I see the forecast as like three to five. Uh, like, I want to get out there. And we're like, well, okay, sounds good. But like, let's keep our eye on it. Maybe the day after, like, no, no, I'll be fine. I'll handle it. No problem. And I'm like, okay, bro. You know, like, I know you're like, you know, macho and you got it and you did it in Costa Rica, but it's not the same, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and, and sometimes they, if they're really hard-headed, they just say like, ah, oh, whatever. And they go out there by themselves or they convince us somehow that we got to take them out because otherwise they're going to go out by themselves. Um, and, uh, you know, when we do take them out, like, they re- quickly realize that, like, holy shit, like, three to five on a shallow sandbar uh, in, like, the middle of March is not the same as a crumbly, yeah. you know, reef break in Costa Rica where the water is 80 degrees and this and that and there's a channel and so forth. You in a long so, period. Right, in a long know, period. So 17 seconds between waves. And most people, it's, it's a valuable experience. Even if they don't get any waves, they come out and they, they get to like play around and like just learning how to jump over waves and handle larger surf. They get to really see like, okay, wow, like you have to not only like, you know, look out for certain things in the forecast, you have to then associate certain things with the forecast you're, see- you're reading and then that particular break because three to five is something different here than it is Hawaii too, you know, so. That's so true. Well, it's, it's just going back to the, the, all the variables and dimensions of surfing, you know, um, yeah, three to five feet, that's, that's just one aspect of a swell dimension. Yeah, exactly. What about the yeah. swell period and direction, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. a 10 foot east swell for us usually works out to be like five feet, you know, on the face. Also like short period hitting a sandbar, that could be so intense. Yep. That's yeah. like, that's experience, As, you know. Yeah, for us, a short period swell is actually more intense than a long period swell for Rockaway. Totally. Yeah, us too. It's the same thing. Like, I always say this to people, you know, like those hurricane swells and when we see the long period in the forecast, I always keep my hopes down because yeah. like we don't have the same bathymetry that other places do and handle that long period. Yeah. Uh, you know, that I get my best waves in short period swells on those moving sandbars yeah, like, when you just find the right part. Yeah, we love that mm-hmm. nine or 10 second around here. It's yep. perfect. Yeah, that's, that's what I like too. And then, then you can really start to feel the bottom, you know, or let the waves, you know, feel the bottom and, and, and You can two. feel the bottom too, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you'll definitely feel that bottom. It's pretty shallow when it's, when it's heavy over here. It's pretty, it's pretty intense. Cool. And, uh, and then what are, what is so, I mean, in that, in that same theme, what are, what are the waves like around here in the summer and, and, uh, and then even the winter or what are the, how do you describe the waves here? Because I don't surf here all that much. Yeah. I've only surfed here a few times, you know, just yeah. passing by and knowing, like, Rockaway has got the jetties. So yeah. there can be, like, some, um, or you know, structure to the bottom and a little bit totally. of Totally. I, I would describe it as uh, Newport Beach's ugly cousin. You know, like, uh, we've got all these rock jetties. And, uh, uh, you know, it just it, when, it, when it's working well, it's a pumping, um, hollow beach break. L- mostly lefts. Uh, we... we get some rights when we get a straight south swell, but most swells that come into Long Island or anywhere between like south, southeast and east, southeast, mm-hmm. you know? So for the most part, just all those, you know, easterly angles have formed the sandbars to make better lefts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Mike and I are both goofy foots. We love that. Um, and, um, you know, it, it's got many faces though. I mean, like some days it can seem really gnarly and some days it can seem like a pristine longboard wave. Um, those rock jetties really do, you know, 
kind of make like mini point breaks around them. Um, but for the most part, like the whole peninsula is pretty much the same. There, there's some there's some secret gems, you know, like here and there that. It's a big secret gem right here. <laughs> As he points to the most crowded wave. I got to take a picture of that so when I post this, yeah. I, yeah. there's Just make the Make sure you spot. tag uh, Andrea Waters. That's her picture. Oh, yeah. that's Andrea? Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but uh, it's not like Montauk where you, you have, uh, you know, variety and, uh, you know, different kind of waves to work with. It's, it's pretty much all sand and, and mm -hmm. rock jetties here. What your four... So I, care, I was an education major, mm -hmm. so I care a lot about the structure and... Um, you know, the the step-by-step -step method for learning how to surf. Yeah. What Do you guys have a method? Do you have a consistent kind of style of teaching or do you kind of adjust it to each person? Or Yeah, we, we definitely uh, we definitely have a bit of a method. Uh, we, you know, there. I think Mike and I probably have like our favorite type of clients, like someone who's like eager to learn and is able to learn and it's just easy to, to talk with and is humble but has goals, you know, sounds like, everyone's perfect client right but yeah. we get everybody and uh, uh as much as i'd love to be able to get into some like you know super technical details with someone um we have to adapt and understand everyone's needs some people just want to have fun um we we have a bit of like a, a chameleon you know attitude we have to do a lot of intake <clears throat> when we talk to our uh, the first timer you know um and you know it's as obviously as simple as asking him have you surfed before if so where was it how many times when was the last time you surfed uh, what kind of board were you riding were you getting help uh you know all these sort of questions to get a best picture we can and usually within as you probably know within a couple minutes of chatting with them and just sensing their confidence and their answers you can get a good idea mm -hmm. of where they're at but as you also said sometimes people oversell themselves completely mm -hmm. and um and though that's hard to gauge as well so uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go do our best to get an idea of what they should be riding, like maybe who, which instructor that they should be with, because sometimes certain instructors have a different teaching style that'll match someone differently. Like if I have Joe Wall Street, who's like super type A, like I want to learn now and I give him my instructor who's like, yay, I'm bubbly, let's have fun, you know, like, like that's not going to work out, you know what I mean? But Mike and I, we've taught enough people that we can be both of those people at the same time. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a part, it's, you know, I think there's not just like, not just the ability to have a, a, a structured teaching plan, but also just to have interpersonal skills enough that you can sense what that person needs uh, in terms of just your teaching style, not just your curriculum, you know, mm -hmm. uh, so that you can give them the best experience, the best lesson and help them learn the best. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, there's Even sometimes <laughs> I'll catch myself like having to, you know, uh, rethink like how I'm teaching and that's think just part of you know staying current and staying mm. uh you know on top of my game is to not just assume that I'm the one of the best teachers or whatever it's just to always think about like how I can be doing better for example I had a student recently who uh could you know borderline on, on one of those tricky students we talked about that says they have all this experience and they want all this and that uh you know I don't want to be pushed I want to be coached I need this I need that and so and I think, Mike, you just had someone like this, too. And, and so, I don't yeah. want to, you know, she yeah. was great, however. Yeah, and so, so we'll use my example because it was farther in the past. And so, uh, and so I was like, okay, like, perfect. So I, I got into my, my teaching mode, like, let's get to business right now. I laid out the whole structure of the lesson, our goals, and I, and I, and I held her to it. And I was coaching her through the whole time and, like, and holding her accountable for things she wasn't able to do, praising her for things she was, but really, like, kind of, like, pressing her a bit because this is the sort of information she gave me was saying that like this is what I need and this is what I want but then of course when she wasn't performing as well as she thought she was going to be able to all of a sudden I was getting like this like this 
backlash is like, listen, I, I just, I think I'm doing fine. I think I'm doing good. Like, you know, I mean, like I'm doing good. Okay. And I was like, well, I never said you weren't doing good. And she's like, well, I know, but you're just, you're pushing me. And like, I was like, okay, like I had to actually give her like a minute to like calm down. And then we kind of built up a rapport again, but uh, you know, I had to realize that, you know, even though she's saying one thing, like she says, I'm, I can do this and I want this and I need this based upon what I see she's actually able to do. I have to then think, okay, I know what you say you're, you, you can do and what you want, but I'm going to give you this instead because this is really what you want. You just want me to tell you you're great. You're doing awesome. I haven't seen her actually. In a while. You know, like you're doing good, like this and that, you know? And so, uh, and so it's it's tough. Sometimes you know I make a misread and maybe I'm I'm pushing too hard when I shouldn't be, or sometimes like I'm just doing that like oh you're you're great this kind of thing when I should be you know more on top of it. But um, it's 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 a struggle and it's a constant on, ongoing learning process. You know. That's what we're all trying to do, mm-hmm. is it not? You know, like yeah. learn from what you did wrong, learn from what you did right, you exactly. know, and then try to repeat or to not do it again. Yeah. Um, before we wrap it up, I won't keep it too long. Um, but what about learning to surf you guys specifically? How did you uh, how did you learn how to surf? Did someone teach you or did you just was, grab? My, like I said before, mine was kind of <clears throat> all just self-taught. Someone gave me a 5'8 Challenger trying to pop out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, of course, there was older guys in the water you would try to, you know, surf with. But you were never included as a kid because you were just <laughs> not a kook, but you just didn't know what you were doing. So right. you'd be kind of off to the side just trying to, you know, fumble in the white water or whatever. But I, don't know, I think I picked it up pretty quick, quick just because, you know, I skateboarded growing up. And well, I started when I was probably eight or ten, but I rode a skateboard from like four or five years old. Mm-hmm. So I think those things translate definitely when you try to pick up surfing. And, um, and being just a kid. A, just a, yeah, being a kid is so easy. I mean, you're so light on your board. and Plus, you've been probably been boogie boarding your whole entire life before that. Yeah. So you have a sense of how to yeah. read the waves, how to kind of yeah. be comfortable. That's so important. Oh, absolutely. Knowing, knowing those being like, comfortable principles. in the ocean. Yeah. And then, uh, I don't know, before I know it, you know, came pretty quickly to me and the rest is history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you're a kid, it's it's so it's so much easier because, first of all, you're so much willing to just persevere. Yeah. You know, and it's not really, I don't know about you guys, but when I was a kid, none of it was failing. It was just going. Just playing around. Just yeah. doing it. Yeah. Just keep going, yeah. keep going. There was no like, oh, I didn't do it today. You know, I feel like with adults, they have this more expectation, especially oh seeing all this media. You know, you see yeah. people riding waves on a surfboard across the face. They make it look so, so that's easy. like, yep. that's what I have to do. Right. We have, we have a lot of friends in that same position you just yeah. mentioned. And I always, tell, I always tell students, too, is like, it, it takes a lot of effort to make it look so easy. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone, if it looks easy to you, it's, it's because they're so good. And so don't assume that just getting to that point is going to be an easy process. And like you said, yeah, you know, adults are, are goal-oriented. They, they, they schedule the lesson. They have this hour, two hours, where they believe that they're going to progress over this one-hour period. But, uh, you know, part of being a learner as a kid is that you just, you know, a lot of it is, is not so structured. And, and right. you're just putting yourself out there persevering for a long time and as an adult you don't have like three months off every summer to just like go out there and play in the ocean you know so mm-hmm. uh, we try to encourage our students to take a lesson but then get out there you know as long as you feel safe and you're not gonna kook it up and like get in everyone's way like on a, a busy day like go rent go practice on your own and, and then come back to your lesson and don't just treat this as like a, a once a month experience where you're gonna come for your hour take a lesson probably learn a bit but then not retain much if you don't come back you know in to another month, you know? Of course. I really like the analogy of like, uh, you know, people trying to lose weight and they don't go see a personal trainer for once a month to yeah. try and lose weight. It's like, it's how more... unrealistic is that? Yeah, and if you eat like a fat ass, you know, in between your, 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 two, your personal yeah. training sessions, yeah. it doesn't help. So we tell our students the same thing. It's like, 
what are you doing in between your lessons? You know, between you know the time you came surfing two weeks ago and then now for your lesson today. Like, did you watch any surf videos? Did you maybe go swimming a couple times? Did you alter your workouts a little bit in the gym to maybe help your balance? Did you step on a skateboard? Did you uh, do anything? You know, to try to maybe keep yourself current or engaged at least in the process. You know, instead of just treating of this as like a every once in a while sort of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, well, it's a lifestyle. It's it's not like an activity you do sometimes, like take out your remote control plane or your car or something, you <laughs> yeah. know? It's like you have to be committed to this. Uh, what about you, Rhino? How did you uh, how did you learn to surf? I, I probably just started like playing around the shore break as a kid. I have, I have a few pictures of me with like a, like a foam top beater board when I was maybe like three or four. Uh, I don't really remember how much success I had then, and uh, I definitely didn't like stick with it too much. It's probably just like Mike said, doing a lot of boogie boarding, which was honestly <laughs> more fun as a kid. Yeah, but there's that, a boogie board trophy somewhere. Yeah, he's got he's got like a, a championship boogie board trophy somewhere in here. What's that right there? But uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know the thing is, champion boogie boarder. Yeah, 2002. <laughs> <laughs> but that that skill of just being in the uh, in the ocean, uh, learning to read waves is. It's so critical to being able to uh, to actually learn how to surf, you know. So I think when I was maybe ten as well, like I actually got a real surfboard, same brand from the uh, local surf shop here, Rockway uh, was Rockway Beach Surf Shop. Yeah, yeah. He has China pop out boards, which every kid around here got is like you know kooky kid, and uh, and I tried my hardest to learn on it, but it was like a shortboard, and you know learning on a shortboard is tough. I didn't have anyone to show me, and then eventually I kind of like uh, you know got a little more humble and got a fun shape, which at that point was probably more like a longboard. And just after like months of persistence and just playing around with it, you know, I, without much success, I, I kept going and I got my first wave and I really felt like I was up riding and then turning across the face a bit. I was hooked. Like it just snapped and like mm-hmm. all that experience of, of playing in the, the, the shore break or body surfing, bodyboarding, and then trying to surf, it all clicked in that one moment. I was like, oh, now I get it. And from then on out, I knew how far I had to paddle out. I knew what kind of waves to look for and what, what, what it meant to catch a wave instead of just like being so confused by the process. Um, and it was tough. I wish I had someone to teach me, but although my dad surfed uh, as a, a kid and a teenager, he hasn't done it in a long time. He just kind of like let me go after it. And uh, I definitely saw other guys around me doing it for inspiration, but it was just all me and my brother, tr- you know, trying to learn <clears throat> together as a blind leading the blind until we've, you know, finally yeah, yeah. found our way. And yeah, I've been hooked ever since. Yeah, what what you you said something so important there, and just putting that time in in the ocean because for me surfing is not standing up and riding a wave. That's no. the result of surfing. Yeah. That's like twenty five percent part of it. Yeah, Everything yeah, else or is being out there or yeah, knowing how to read the waves in the ocean. Mm-hmm. That's how you get yourself in that yeah. position. Yeah. But if you don't know how to get to that position to be on that wave mm-hmm. and riding in the pocket, yeah. How are you going to do that? Like we're talking. So what everybody thinks is surfing is really the end result. Yeah. of actually surfing yeah. yeah seeing the lineup understanding where to paddle out where to position yourself how to time waves and get the, yourself on them so then you can finally do what everyone thinks is surfing yeah. stand up and ride the waves do you remember that guy our first year matt the pilot who yeah, was he's huge he's like he's a tall guy yeah, he's a bodyboarder yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and then uh you know this guy he um was a bodyboarder his like pretty much his whole life down in like the carolinas, carolinas yeah and uh, he just decided, you know what, I want to I want to learn to surf, you know. So he'd never been on a surfboard, uh, you know, relatively in-shape guy. He came out, and within a couple lessons, this guy was turning left, turning right, catching his own waves, taking drops, even doing some basic carves because he already knew how to catch a wave. He was already, like, athletic yeah. enough. That and was the point. Yeah. and uh, yeah. he understood. He was so comfortable in the water that, like, 
I think on his second lesson, we had like a solid three to four foot day and he was just absolutely killing it. We actually told him, you know, listen, dude, you don't need us anymore. Yeah. Uh, if you want, the first time. yeah, like it's one of the first times we said that to somebody yeah, and we're like, yeah. And like, we're like, if you want to keep taking lessons, we'll keep helping you take the next level. But honestly, you're good to go, dude. And he was like, all right, cool. And he got aboard and just kept doing it. And he was good to go. So sick. You know, the, how, what, how much of a pleasure is it to teach somebody like that who comes to you with a little bit of a, a foundation in understanding the ocean? Cause none of the things about surfing, the, the body mechanic parts are hard. You know, I mean, yeah. you can build your yeah. endurance with yeah. paddling, sure. I yeah. mean, it's hard when you first start paddling to keep paddling. And, and, you know, to keep doing it, it can be hard. But other than that, it's pretty simple. I mean, can you lay on your belly and stand up? Yes, mm -hmm. I'm sure you can. Can you put your arm over the arm and like step after step, wait, arm after arm? Sure you can. Well, some people can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so I'm not talking about Sometimes that. Sometimes I just find my, the whole lesson is fix them on the board. Yeah, like some people are. Sure well, yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. So we love teaching everybody, but some people are hopeless and we just enjoy the process. And we're like, you know what, this is going to be fun. Totally. Whatever happens, happens. Let's just go for it, you know? You get and, people who think they're drowning in knee-high water. Oh, no, my you're God. Fine. I know, we're like, hey, hey, stand, stand up. up. You know? Stand up. <laughs> you know? Get your face out of the water. Take them out. I'm dying. Dying. <laughs> okay, stand straight up. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and then lastly, let's uh, do a quick. Do you guys have any uh, especially kook moments? We're, listen, we're all kooks at some point. I bet you I can think of ten people who would think I'm a kook, like legitimately. You know what I mean? But uh, uh, yeah, like I, I love you know that you said they're not going on a wave. I, that that haunts me when I you know paddling for a wave and I pull out. Everyone's like, ah, oh, come on. I mean that happens to all of us, you know. But uh, I can think of one time when uh, there was a surf competition here in, in Rockaway. Uh, Saturdays put this competition on and it was just like, um, it was, there was no heat, there was no structure, it was just like best wave wins. So everyone huddled up around this jetty and the waves were pumping, it was good. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we kind of, all like the local guys kind of expected it to just be like a, um, a competition between the local standouts between here or Long Beach or wherever else. But I guess they got some good draw and there a few pros showed up and so we were just like what the fuck like I gotta com compete against like Danny Fuller right now or and like and like Balram and this these guys and so we're like all right whatever let's just go out there and this will be fun you know and so pretty quickly though we realized we have no shot at doing this and uh, it was tough because it was pumping and it was a zero-sum game of positioning like everyone just kept trying to position deeper and deeper and deeper it's like but 30 people on the peak. It was like 30 people on Literally. one peak but at some point you know, you you can't just keep paddling deeper because it's the rocks. You, you're gonna you're gonna hit the rocks. You know what I mean? There's like no doubt about it. Uh, and so if you didn't though, you weren't gonna get a wave. So it was a trade off. And I just decided, well, well, fuck it, I'm gonna I'm gonna try this. So I tried paddling deeper, and I was deep enough that like I could get a wave if one swung my way, but still kind of deep. Where I'm like, I may get close to the rocks here. You know what I mean? And uh, once you know, came on the inside, and uh, I started paddling for it. And who's uh, you know to uh, my outside, it was Balram Stack, and he's like totally going, and I start barking him off. He looks at me like, bro, you going? And I'm like, oh, I got it, I got it. And then as I'm like barking, saying, yo, I'm going, I realize that now like the, once the wave sucked up against the rocks, the rip kind of pulled me back closer, and I'm like, oh God, I am right over dry rock. I decide, I'm like, well, I'm not gonna pull out. So I go for it, hit dry rock, and totally get mangled, and just like washed on the inside, and everyone's just like, <laughs> come on this guy calling everyone off and then hitting the rocks and like washing in and i'm just like shaking my head and paddling off to the uh the shoulder and just i'm like yeah this is not happening anymore you know everyone's everyone's a kook at some point yeah for sure I pre well that's what the kook cast is all about you know it's that humility to just be like to lower yourself back down and be like yeah i kooked it yesterday yeah yeah totally <laughs>
I'm, yeah. trying, I'm trying to think of some stories. I, I have so many little tiny stories that are funny. Some not even in, in the water, honestly. This guy's name is yeah. Kook Mike. I mean, I mean yeah, yeah. So I, you, can't, you can't send me out of here without with a good story. I mean, let me think. Who could I throw into the bus right now? <laughs> <laughs> Yourself. It doesn't have to be surfing. How about how about when you met Aaron Mandel? Oh, yeah, that's a great story. I was kind of telling him before a little bit. <clears throat> so that, so the, how I got the name Kook Mike, I told you it was... Uh, well, I uh, I claimed it early on as a as a kid. I was joining uh, NewYorkSurf.com, the forum. So I was like, you know, you know, I think my AOL name was like Mikey Boy. So I was like, I can't do Mikey Boy. That sounds corny. Let me let me let me go as Kook Mike. As that was my alias. So no one knew who I was on that. No one knew if I was fucking twelve or forty five. Um, so they would post like uh, not ads, but they would post like. Discussion boards. Yeah, discussion like, boards. Yeah, 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 let's meet up and surf. Today we're going to Lido or something. I was like, okay, yeah, I'll join. And no one joined. It was only me and this guy, Aaron, who I think at the time must, must have been like in all 30, lower 30s. He had no idea who I was, but I was like, hey, I'm, I'm located in Rockway. He was coming from Brooklyn at the time, so he came to pick me up to go surf Lido, and then, you know, maybe we'll get, he probably thinks maybe get drinks or dinner afterwards. <laughs> So at the time, living with my mom because I'm only, you know, 10 years old. <laughs> so I'm waiting outside the building. I have my shortboard. You know, I was probably pretty good at the time. This is, you know, it's been years now since I've learned. So I kind of knew what I was doing. And it was a rough day. It was like one of those, like, side offshore days where it was, like, kind of like ripping currents, cloudy. There was not a single person out. So he comes to the building. I'm like, yeah. I think I'm, I'm borrowing my mom's cell phone, too, at this point. <laughs> I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm on, uh, you know, 10300. Come pick me up. Come to the bottom. He comes to the lobby. I, I'm walking out of the thing. He's like looking at me like, holy shit. Is this the kid who I'm going with? He had no idea. He's meeting up with like a 10-year-old. He's like, um, uh, you cook mine? My, my, my parents, they care. I was pretty, they're pretty lenient with like my, you know, going out and no curfew or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, so whatever. We, we just like, we drove to Long Beach. We get there. I mean, I end up surfing way better than him too at the point. Which is probably embarrassing for him. Like, you pick up like, this, little, this little kid. I got, you know, I'll show him, you know, I'm older. I'm better than you probably. We had, we had a great time. We, you know, we got we pizza after that. We drove me back home, and that was uh, a little it's experience. Like a, it's like a surf day, like between a 30-year-old and a 10-year-old dude. But that was like kind of a funny, kooky experience. But, I mean... That's so funny, yeah. I mean, I, I've had so many fucking stories. I don't really think. Keeping I mean, even anything. in the winter, this past winter, you know, I had a brand new lost, like, fucking 6-0. I'm holding it in my hand right below my, uh, my shoulder, holding it tight, and I see this, this guy who surfs actually pretty well, this guy Trevor. He's coming towards me. He's like, oh, dude, how are the waves? I'm like, oh, man, it was fucking sick out there. Blah, blah. He goes to, like, give me a handshake, but I have my hand under my board, and I try to, you know, give him the pound with the same hand. So I try to pound. He's like, no, man, give me a handshake. So he takes my hand, ends up <laughs> pulling my hand towards him, and then the board falls out right underneath my arm on the concrete, oh. and the tail gets fucking shattered. I'm just like, cringe. Oh. He doesn't know what to do. It's like an awkward position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was yeah. kind of kooky on his end. <laughs> not to throw him under the bus Trevor but yeah. <laughs> stellar guys really appreciate cool. it thanks so much for being on the show um, yeah our pleasure yeah appreciate the humility because that's yeah, what man. it takes to be on this you know there's a couple guys that I would love to talk to but I just know them like they're yeah. not humble they're not you know yeah. like they're too cool and I think that's ridiculous you know especially if you if you're confident and you know you surf you know you can surf well it's like what's the shame you that's know true. like right Get down there. I think especially for guys like us, you know, we teach surfing too, so it's easier for us to be like, yeah, it's yeah. all right. It's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, We've actually been surfing recently with a lot of guys who, like, 
aren't even that good, but they just have the right attitude and they go about it the right way. That they're more enjoyable to surf with instead of like, like paddling out to 90th, which is like the most popular break here. And I'm gonna be with a lot of my like my peers, my friends, and the guys who rip. But it's like guys are like it's like a pissing match. Everyone's it's like shouting each other off the wave, and everyone's watching each other, you know. And it's just like it's too aggro, and uh, you know, there's maybe a time and place for that. But for the most part, surfing's supposed to be fun too. You know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think yeah, you gotta have a certain level of humility, and uh, when you think you're good at surfing, just you know, you're just not surrounding yourself with the right amount of you know, uh, you know, pros or whatever, you know. So, and I'll say about skill too with the, you know, our instructors too. Like our instructors, you know, doesn't being the best surfer is not the 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 greatest qualifier for being an instructor with us, you know. Sure. Uh, having said that, you got to be a good surfer to, to teach surfing, you know, because you have to know enough about it that uh, you can you can know what to communicate. But a lot of it is, you know, uh, your ability to, uh, you know, be friendly, you know, have interpersonal skills, relate to somebody and and communicate uh, the sort of knowledge that you have effectively so that they can absorb it and 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 use it. Whereas like there are plenty of amazing surfers around here when you, you you try them out as an instructor, and they're just like, "Yeah, all right, go, pop up, paddle, right. oh, sick," you know. And it's like, there's just nothing there. Whereas we've got guys who, you know, admittedly so, they don't rip, but they're, they're good, and they're even better at teaching. So uh, it's a it's a whole big picture thing, you know. I I couldn't agree more. You know, it's being being a, a good surfer and being a good teacher are two separate qualities. Mm-hmm. And of course, you have mm-hmm. to be. A good surfer, you know, to a certain level, right? Um, like you had said, but being a good teacher is a totally separate issue from Absolutely. how well you surf. Yeah, you know, I mean, just think about school. How many? There's a million math teachers out there, and there's yeah. probably a bunch of people who are better at math than them. Right. Yeah. But what makes them qualified for that position? Well, they want to teach first yeah. of all, and and they care about imparting their knowledge. Yeah. So it's like it comes down to being able to articulate what you know. Yep. You know, I found that was one of the hardest things. Because all of us, you, all three of us sitting here right now, we taught ourselves how to surf. So how do you take what you taught yourself? No one articulated to you. There was no textbook. There's no yeah. phrases. How do you take that and turn it into words? Totally. So that somebody else can be like, oh, okay, that's what I need to try and do. That's pretty hard to do. Totally. And you have to go home. I'm sure you guys do. And think about, like, how could I have said that better? How could I have explained to them what they need to do? Yeah. You know? And... and yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like you said, a part of it is just not only knowing something, but articulating, communicating it effectively. You know, and that's why you know, for example, all, all the pro surfers out there, like they all have coaches. You know what I mean? Are their coaches better surfers than them? Definitely not. You know, right. um, that proves it. Yeah. I doubt so. Keller can teach a lesson like we can. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's good at a lot of shit. <laughs> He's good at everything. Yeah. It takes humility and self-confidence to talk about your kookiness rather than how hard you rip. So if you know anyone that loves to talk about their kooky moments, shoot me an email. Info at thesurfcontinuum.com Don't forget, there's two U's in continuum.